Riffraff Revolution, Riffraff Revolution, Riffraff Revolution, Riffraff Revolution, Riffraff Revolution. Awesome. Wow. That was hard. <laughs> Hello, this is Riff Raff Revolution, a podcast about real stories, about real struggles from real underrepresented comedians. Really? I'm Perry. I'm a theater teacher, comedy writer, director, and performer. Um, and I'm Laura. Um, I'm also a performer and comedy writer here in Chicago. And today we're talking to uh, Julia Morales. Welcome. Welcome. Hi. <laughs> Um, well, first we want to start with um, asking you how you got into comedy or interested in comedy in the first place. Um, how I got into comedy. Um, well, that's an interesting story uh, because I, I went to acting school. I went to the American Musical and Dramatic Academy where um, I learned that I learned quickly that I was being uh, typecast and I didn't like it. I didn't understand why. Or how come I couldn't be whatever character I, I thought was really fun to play? Um, so that was a hard lesson there. But uh, improv was one of our requirements in our syllabus, in our silly bus. And um, mm-hmm. and yeah, and I got and one of my teachers, uh, Frances Collier, who is actually a Second City alumni, uh, she pulled me to the side and was like, told me that I was really funny. And in her words exactly are, "You were, you are fucking funny." And so, um, can I cuss on here? Yes. Yes. Okay. Please. It's too late to ask. (laughs) I just did. Um, so, uh, yeah. So she, um, she suggested that I start taking improv classes at the time I was living in LA. I was finishing up, uh, my time there. And, uh, then I ended up moving back to Houston and, uh, diving into a little bit of, uh, improv out there. Uh, the guy who was like running this like independent improv troupe. Uh, he was, I, I believe he was a second city alumni as well. Um, and just started getting more into it. And then after that, uh, someone from New York, uh, his name is Chris Grace. He saw me and my other friend doing a two prof set. So he invited us to New York just to perform and I was at the pit and I was like, Oh, super excited about it. And then, uh, uh, long story short, um, I was at the time while I was living in Houston, I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to debate. I, you know, I was having this very awful crumbly relationship with my boyfriend at the time. And, uh, I had been offered to apply for the NBC diversity scholarship. And so I was like, all right, if I get this scholarship, I'm going to break up with my boyfriend and move to New York. <laughs> and if I don't, I'll stay here, work it out, and just live my normal Texas life, which whatever that is, I don't know what it was. <laughs> um, and sure enough, I got that scholarship, so I moved to New York, and that's oh. kind of where it started. Um, and that's what I've been doing ever since. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, oh. thanks. Is it, that's cool that you've done comedy in so many different places how do they all compare to each other and to chicago um oh this is not a nice conversation to have because i have my own very uh interesting opinions about Mm. all these places um improv in la is is fun it improv everywhere is great but um i noticed like la is a little bit 
I hate to go with that stereotype. They're very lax. Um, they're very super patient, but sometimes, uh, in my opinion, uh, editing could be kind of slow, mm -hmm. um, which is fine. I mean, that's not a big deal. It's just the style that I noticed. New York, <laughs> pretty raw and real. Uh, you know, if, yeah, you, you better get out there. You know, I, my first improv team was myself and seven other guys. Mm -hmm. And the the uh, the feedback that I got from the committee, the house co house ensemble. Was this at UCB or this was at the People's Improv Theater, the Pit. Um, mm -hmm. They were like, "Oh, you can handle it. We feel we put you on the scene specifically because we know you can handle it." And I was like, "All right." It was my first improv team in New York, and uh, those guys were great. They're great. They're like all a bunch of brothers. They're great, but uh, it was tough. Like it it was. Yeah, I got my ass whooped in there big time, mm. uh, and and not in a not in a way that's like scarring or traumatic. It was like, okay, well, great. I just got my butt kicked by a bunch of. I think they were all straight white guys, mm. yeah, and so. Um, and as far as Chicago, Chicago is just to me. I it's just so old school. It's it's a lot of the history is here. Mm -hmm. And it's so well represented as far as like, you know, um, knowing where your roots are and as far as comedy roots. Um, and there's an appreciation for a lot of things and, and a lot of uh, the old school people are still out here. And I kind of dig it. I dig it a lot. New York was great, but um, I just needed to change mm -hmm. something different. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. It's interesting that comedy communities can be so different in different places, but yeah. still have that, like the roots there, I guess. Yeah. 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 Did you specifically want to study in Chicago because of the history or? Yeah. My whole journey has been so backwards. Like everybody's mm -hmm. like, oh, I'm going to LA. I'm going to New York. And I'm like, yeah, been there, done that. <laughs> and it's, and I kind of, and I, I often have to remind myself like, it's Okay. Like, the journey I took is right on track. It's what it's supposed to be. There's something good that's going to happen for me. I just keep a positive attitude. But, um, uh, no, I, uh, damn, I forgot the question. I was, <laughs> I was veering off. <laughs> I got really excited. And I was like, okay. Um, wait, what was it called? Oh, what brought you to Chicago? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> damn it. I know she said it. Sorry, I'm rude. Um, <laughs> I, well, while I was in New York, I was, um, at that time I had already done the house team thing. I'd done a lot of stuff. Um, not enough for me, in my opinion, but I just wasn't feeling fulfilled. So, um, I got fired from my job at NYU, um, cussed out my boss pretty good, stormed out with a box of my things. I wasn't expecting to get fired. It was one of those days where you're thinking, oh, today's great. And, you oh, know, no. oh, great. My friend's <laughs> coming back from vacation. Boss pulls me in the office and fires me. And I was like, you fucking asshole. Oh, my God. And I, I yeah, I, I kind of cussed them out to a point where they had to blow up a picture of my face. It was like, please don't let her in this building. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so, so I heard from coworkers who thought it was hilarious. So <laughs> my parents were very embarrassed. Um, but uh, uh, I, so I had no job and Second City was offering the, the 
to ship contracts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was basically, um, you know, they had these auditions at the Magnet Theater, and as long as you have completed all levels of some sort of uh, improv comedy institution, then, you know, you could audition. Mm-hmm. And I did, so I was like, you know, I'm just going to try this um, and see what happens. And sure enough, I I was really proud of myself. I did really well, and um, I got a ship contract. And so with the ship contract, that same year, so mm-hmm. I think that I found out like in May uh, that I got it, and then I was already on my first ship in October of that year, 2013. Oh, wow. And so when you're doing the ship contracts, you have these rehearsals and all the rehearsals are in Chicago. And I would come here and I was like, this place is beautiful. (laughs) I really love Chicago. And I've always wanted to move here. Some of my favorite movies and stuff, you know, were filmed here or based on Chicago. (laughs) Um, Favorite TV show, Good Times, based in Chicago. Um, And... So it was one of those things where I would do a ship, I would go back home to New York, get really depressed, and then they were like, okay, you're going on your next ship contract. Great. I go to Chicago, be super happy, do a ship, (laughs) be super happy, then done with the contract, go to New York and be super depressed. And I was like, okay, I think I know what I need to do right now. (laughs) So that's kind of what brought me here was like, just taking a chance and deciding like, yeah, just see what Chicago has to offer. And everybody that I did ships with, I didn't have any New York people. It was all Chicago people, or some were from Toronto. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And everyone was incredibly nice. And they were kind of, like, gassing me up about, like, oh, you would be great in Chicago. I can, I'll can. i introduce you to this person, that person. I was like, really? Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. That was kind of where that ended up. <laughs> What was performing on the, the ships like? Yeah. Um, sometimes good, most times awful. Um, and I say awful because you're performing for middle America. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're performing for a lot of uh, people who, uh, well, at the time we didn't have to worry about it, but I was there uh, during the election and I was there after the election uh, with Trump. Mm. And so it was ugly. There's a lot of people who assumed or uh, had an outspoken privilege because the who is the president now, the president, not my president. Mm-hmm. Um, he was very outspoken or is outspoken. So people felt they could be outspoken and disrespectful. So it got a little like, uh, kind of uncomfortable. But the fun part was like, the ship is so huge, and there's mm-hmm. a lot of parts of the ship that the passengers can't go to. So it was great having crew and passenger access. So if anything, I just go through this little dark door and go down the stairwell, and I know where I'm at. I'm away from all the crazies. Hmm. Um, but there were so many times where there were like kids or teenagers who saw uh, me or like another woman or a person of color or just someone that they could recognize. And they would want to, like, get your autograph after or ask you questions or people who were like, hey, you're so great. Let's have, can we have a, can we get, buy you a drink? And it was, yeah, there were some really pleasant people. But there's a lot of times you had to, like, bite your tongue or, mm-hmm. like, just walk away because you knew it was going to be uh, tense. Um, yeah. Well, just because... You know, people, and it's funny because people are on vacation. You're like, be on vacation. Don't be an asshole. Exactly. Yeah. Be an asshole at home. But um, 
there's uh, a lot of times where I saw people who would um, just be overly unnecessarily privileged. Like, it, yeah, it was just, yeah. I'm trying to say things without being offensive, but there was just some things I saw that were just... It's like, okay, you can be offensive yeah, so, here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's like, you know how, like, people define other people, like, like, rich people define other rich people by new money and old money, mm-hmm. and you can tell some of the people that got onto the cruise, like, they're getting on this cruise for the first time, or not the first time, but they, this is what they do to feel like they're, they're fancy and rich. I'm like, dude, you're on a cruise, relax, <laughs> and start snapping their fingers at oh, the God. servers and the crew members, which people tend to forget, like, those are our coworkers, too, mm-hmm. so if you're an asshole to them... I take offense to it, so there's been a couple times where I had to check a few passengers, and I can get away with it because I'm a comedian, so I can kind of be a dick about it, but also they're like, ha, 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 she's a comedian, mm. but, um, <laughs> but yeah, and they couldn't say anything because they're supposed to be all prim and proper yeah. and hospitable, mm. and that's their job, or, you know, and these people are coming from all over the world, and, you know, yeah, it's, it's a whole another world it's a whole other story that i could talk about for days how long are you on the boat at a time um my contracts were about four and a half months each mm-hmm. yeah um some as little as four like right on the dot but normally four four and a half i never did anything shorter or i don't think i did anything longer than that mm-hmm. and yeah. is that a mix of like archived material and original or uh it was all archive um uh, and it was, a lot of it was ship specific uh, in the sense of, like, maybe they took something from a stage, but they kind of made it, like, ship, I don't know, ship-relatable, if that makes sense. Hmm. Um, I think some of the material was written for ships. I'm pretty positive. Um, we did have to do a murder mystery. Uh, <laughs> Interesting. Which was, oh, it was <laughs> exhausting. But, um, but you know what? It, it was just, it was fun to watch people just enjoy and play along and yeah some people already knew who the killer was because it was like their third or fourth time coming to see us and oh it's like, gosh why why are you so <laughs> are you bad? Like, don't, don't come back don't come back you're fine you know how this goes <laughs> like, oh, yeah. yeah interesting mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah i've always wondered like what what do you do on a cruise line yeah. like uh, as a passenger and also as a performer that's yeah i will there's on. a lot to do it's, yeah, it's so it's it. It's a city on the water. is based a floating city. That's all a cruise ship is, wow. and it has its own rules. And um, there's a jail. There's a morgue. People always want to know there's about stuff jail? like that. <gasps> there's a yeah. morgue. <laughs> yes. Um, me and my friends, me and a couple friends of mine, um, we would always try to make sure we find the jail in the morgue because we're all just nosy. I'm like, and remember, we have that access. So we're like, yeah. ooh, let's find the jail. I mean, we can't go in the door, but there's normally a sign that says jail or morgue. And I don't know if it said morgue. I don't think it said jail either. It said something else. Um, and I can't remember. Something ambiguous. Yeah. But you knew it was. Quiet place. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Not time out corner exactly. <laughs> wow yeah I, I remember okay I'll tell you a weird story real quick yes. Yes. <laughs> I have a lot of ship stories I don't want to over talk but um, <laughs> I remember one time I was having this issue with my ears I had went into the water and I guess long story short 
like the earwax in my ear was so built up to I could I couldn't hear, and I was like, I had to go to the um, uh, the uh, the doctor on board, because I do have a, an actual medical doctor, um, but it's like a hundred bucks to see them. It's ridiculous. Yeah, oh just gosh. to be there. Um, but thankfully, like if you were sick or something, Second City paid for it. You just had to pay for your medications. Oh, they hooked it up. That's nice. um, <laughs> but anyway. Um, she was giving me some, some ear stuff. She was cleaning out my ears and things like that. And out of nowhere, out of nowhere, she says, did you feel us stop last night? And I go, oh, no. I didn't no- notice that we stopped. She goes, yeah, we had to drop off a body. And I was like, what? <laughs> you said that so casually? Like, I'm, what? So, yeah, I guess, like, when people die on the ship, they do have to stop and drop them off somewhere. So the body could get flown back to the States or wherever they came from. Oh, um, it God. is, yeah, the amount of people that die on ships, it's insane. And when I was on my first ship, if you ever hear a code alpha, that's medical emergency, we would get those a lot for some reason on the first day. And um, this is just word on the street, street, AKA meaning cruise ship. Um, <laughs> the deck. Right. Word on the deck. <laughs> Um, is that a lot of people, because of the excitement and buildup of getting on the ship, like it's, it's exciting. Like I've been a passenger on the, the same ship that I was on before. Um, I came back to visit friends. I've been an actual passenger. So that whole process is a lot. They like want to take your pictures. There's long lines to wait in. You're not sure where to go. Then you're getting on and it's just busy. And if your room's not ready, you got to go to this section and just wait there. There's, and then, you know, people are playing music and there's food and there's drinks. It's a lot of activity. So what happens if you, if you just aren't, you, and the ship is huge. So you're already like overwhelmed, you know, like mentally. And so a lot of people would have like heart attacks. They would have heart attacks. One guy, I remember he choked. And eating in the buffet first day, so they called a cold alpha, cold alpha, and they sent him back. Um, like people have gotten to the point where, like we will start taking off, and then they get sick, and then we have to stop where we're at, and then like coast guard has to come pick them up. Yes, it's insane. The amount of things that happen on cruise ship: people jump, oh my gosh, people fall off. Why do we do this to ourselves? <laughs> it's it is insane. It's, oh but yeah, the the doctor telling me being like, "Oh, did you feel a stop last night?" I was like, "Why would you ask me that?" I don't know. Because it's such a smooth sail for me. It mm. like you can tell when it's rocky. Oh yeah, it's rocky. But most of the times you don't really tell unless you're super sensitive to that. But for her to say that and then be like, "We had to drop off a body," I was like. I was like, can I get my ear medicine and go, please? <laughs> I good. don't want to know. I'm good. Yeah. No, plug it up. Plug it up. <laughs> Do performers who go on ever get so, like, seasick that they can't perform? Yeah. We've That's had what that. I would be scared. We've had that on our, my very first ship, we were, we flew to Copenhagen. And then we had to cross the Atlantic. So crossing the Atlantic to the Azores was a five-day trip. And then from the Azores to Miami was a five-day trip. And the Atlantic is rocky as fuck like it's rocky and I remember like I was trying to have a rehearsal and 
one of the guys in the cast, and he was, he was, he is black. Um, I was about to say he was black. Like, <laughs> not, he is black. Um, he, I've never seen like a black person's skin turn like this almost grayish color. Like he looks sick. His eyes were so yellow because oh, he was so nauseous. And the ship was walk, walk, rocking so bad to the point where, <laughs> this is hilarious now I'm thinking about it. Um, <laughs> the uh, crew members, they put out vomit bags in the elevator areas, like all over. You'll see a bunch of vomit bags. And then there'd be vomit on the floor. Like people just blew chunks. It was, yeah. So yeah, there were times when we didn't have rehearsals. There's been times where... It'd be rocky on the ship while, during the show, but the show's mm. already going on, and that was fun. <laughs> You're like running to one side and side of the stage, and you get pushed further, and then you just kind of flying. It's like, yeah, you had to, yeah. It's, <laughs> it was a challenge, experience. but yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it was. That was an experience, and I, I, I enjoyed it. Um, cool. I mean, not at the moment where I'm trying to be in my scene and have this mm. great mo- funny moment, but. Passengers liked it. I, I was more scared for people like the aerialists and the dancers. Oh, gosh. oh, yeah, they're spinning in the air, and there's girls in these super high stilettos doing these dances and stuff, and they're getting picked up and thrown around. And on top of that, the ship's rocking. Oh, they get thrown around. Yeah, that they take dangerous. off. It does. It's very dangerous. The aerialists freaked me out the most. That scared me. They're holding each other up, and they're way up high in the sky, and they're dropping each other. I'm like, no. Why do cruise ships wow. exist? <laughs> that scares me. Yeah. And anyway. there's plenty more of them now. <laughs> yeah. Enough about cruise ships. I was just very interested in that. Good. I'm glad I scared you guys. But now you've started doing tours with Second City, right? Uh, yes. I recently got cast on Green Co. I was, um, uh, I was an understudy, and I've been understudying for Blue Co., mm-hmm. which is uh, one of the other touring companies. Um, uh, there's green, red, and blue. So it's, they're part of the touring company. And yeah, so I literally start tomorrow. Mm-hmm. It was like my first official day with Green Co. But I've been traveling with Blue Co., which has been really nice. Yeah, that's cool. Thanks. What, how has that experience differed or um, how do you like Different it than... so far? From like the cruise, the ships. Um, I guess it's not really a tour, but... Well, I mean... Still traveling. Um, mm-hmm. From what I've learned, is it's a lot of pick up and go. It's a lot of you know packing, unpacking, and um, uh, you do get your schedule like at, a, at least a month in advance, which is nice to look at the following month and kind of plan it out a little bit. Um, you, there are some home shows that uh, you have to do at Second City, um, and but I love traveling. I love driving and seeing different places. So I'm, I mean, I already have like, I'm like mentally prepared already. Um, the one, the, the one tour we just did was brutal. It was four States, four days, four shows. Um, And (laughs) I came back, I needed two days by myself. It was, I was exhausted. Um, we flew to Boston. Then we, (laughs) we drove to Lake Placid, New York. I volunteered to drive, and I was like, oh, I can drive the whole way, and I did. And that was a dumb mistake because they kept offering, and I was like, oh, no, you guys relax. And I was like, oh, you guys relax. I got this. And it was a lot of, like, 
going up these mountains and these hills mm-hmm. and these curves and <laughs> it was the most exhausting and then I had to do a show right after that mm. you know that was like five and a half six hours of driving um and then from Lake Placid we went to uh Bethlehem Pennsylvania and the person who drove they got lucky because it was just a nice smooth freeway ride mm-hmm. and then from Bethlehem we went to oh wait no I'm lying that's wrong we went to Boston, to Maine, to Lake Placid, to Bethlehem. That's what we did. Mm. Yes. <laughs> um, all it was all it was exhausting. All of it. <laughs> um, but honestly, it was it was really fun. It was a really fun experience. I mean, those people were ready and excited, and I enjoyed it. What's it like performing from for different? audiences like in in their own place I guess um it's weird like Maine to me was probably the most weird just because it was it surprises me some of the people that want to come and see a comedy show as far as like because you know what you're gonna get with Second City or or they should know (laughs) right you right and it was all these like super fancy you could tell these people had money um I always like to call out the fact that I don't see any black people in the audience. <laughs> um, I'll be like, hey, where are all my black people at? And be like two hands raised. I'm like, all right, okay. What's up, brother and sister? <laughs> Just <laughs> three of us hanging out. Um, but it's kind of, it's bizarre. And I, I don't know. I have, I have so many questions for them. Just out of curiosity, because sometimes you can't really tell if they're enjoying the show or, mm-hmm. but they ask Second City to come back every year. So who knows? Yeah, it's, Something's it's, working. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. It's sometimes it's very uncomfortable uh, from a POC perspective. Um, but honestly, if I, I, I try to, if anything, I can make them more uncomfortable than than myself if that makes sense Mm. like I came here to do a show and have a good time and show my point of view but also just have some fun um because you guys asked us to be here um and your money and your white privilege is not going to intimidate me you know Mm. so it's yeah yeah that's it yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah that's nice Uh, and touring shows are mostly archived right too Um, from my knowledge, we do get to write a little bit. Um, we do get to write the entire holiday show, which is pretty Mm -hmm. dope. Um, so that's the process I'll be working on. Um, so that process begins tomorrow. Um, but yeah, it's mostly archive and, uh, some, some original stuff depending on how it hits. Um, and yeah, and, and improv, of course. Mm -hmm. That's just nice to be able to get your own point of view yeah. in there um, yeah. even when doing archives. Oh, definitely. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And were you adapting the show for each city that you were um, visiting? Or? Yes. So, like, we had a, yeah. So, depending on the audience, uh, um, you know, I I was, I was still kind of learning, like, what we were doing. Um, but there's a... I think it's called the Made in America tour. I could be saying this wrong. Forgive me if anyone's mm-hmm. listening to this. Um, but it was a political show. So we had to pull out all the political archive material type stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, when we got to like the college, 
we kind of pulled out like college friendly stuff that we know that, you know, uh, these were all freshmen that were coming in for their orientation. So this was like their show, like, you know, they always have those events. So this was their event. (laughs) And so they were, they were getting like free stuff from like the juniors and and seniors, which I was like, what? I mean, like, uh, what's the eco echo dot, whatever it is, the, yes, they were getting, they were like raffling that off for free. They were getting like really cool headphones. Um, (laughs) Oh gosh, I forgot the name. It costs more to enroll than to just buy an Echo Dot. That's true. That's true. That's true. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. I was just like, wow. What did they give me in college? I didn't get jack. Maybe. Still got the bill. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. A bunch of student loans. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe exactly. a water bottle with the name on it. Um, cool. Um, yeah, that that sounds like an interesting experience. Just being able to like go to a bunch of different places and experience yeah. those audiences and things like that. Too. <laughs> um, now, we definitely want to talk to you about the 10,000-hour program. Yeah. I'm wondering if you could tell our listeners who might not know what it is a little bit about that and how you got started with that. Um, yeah, so I created the 10,000 hours program. Um, it's basically a program where students just have this chance to practice, uh, get some reps in, um, and not have to pay a whole lot of money, um, to do so. So normally the coach is a volunteer coach, someone who volunteers their time. And, um, we, uh, at the time I started this in New York, I started this in New York. Um, one of, I just overheard like one of my friend's I think it just kind of sparked when one of my friends, Michelle, she got really pissed off because she had like scheduled like a bunch of people to come like just kind of jam and hang out. Um, and a bunch of people bailed, which left her with the bill. And Mm. I was like, that was kind of the spark, the little seed that made me go, Oh, you know, maybe I should create a program like that. And then, excuse me. And then, um, uh, in July, 2010, I had, um, to get two brain surgeries and it was back to back July 10th and July 15th. And, uh, the, the pit community, the people's improv theater, the community there, um, including the founder, they were all so supportive and so kind. And just like people came and like gave my mom, like my mom was in New York for like a month and a half taking care of me. Um, and you know, people came to the hospital, people either donated money or came by my apartment. They checked on my mom. It was just really nice. And I had just got there. Mm-hmm. I had just started on that, that all male team that I was mm-hmm. telling you about earlier. And, um, and it was just nice that, you know, here I am this new girl and you, people are taking care of me. So I was like, Oh, how can I say thank you without like just saying thank you? And maybe like offering something to the community that's helped me so much. So I put those two things together and was basically like, okay, maybe I can create a program where people can just like sign up for practice sessions. And then in New York at the time, they would split the cost of the room and the person who came to coach would just volunteer their time. And it was not a class. It wasn't teaching. They weren't teaching anything. They were just kind of guiding some warm-ups and some exercises and maybe giving feedback, and that's it. Because it's basically a supplement to the classes that they're already taking. Or if you're 
like me and you're like, oh, I got to save up for this next class. I'm in between classes, but I still want to stay, you know, mm-hmm. you know, uh, nice and warmed up, you know, with my improv. Um, so that's kind of where that came out of. And so it did really well. Um, it has been well. It's it was it was very hard to maintain with the personal life and and uh, so my friend Michelle Thomas she jumped in and she uh, was a co-director and then just once I moved to Chicago she just directed everything and she took care of it all in New York and we created um, uh, we the, the pit gave us a, a night where we had like um, the ten thousand hours teens so we even. Mm got to a point where we were auditioning people and putting them on teams because we wanted people to know what an audition process Mm -hmm. feels like for improv. So that way, when they do audition for a house team, whether it be UCB, Magnet, or The Pit, or wherever, uh, they would have those reps in as well. Mm -hmm. And so um, people had a team. They rehearsed with them regularly. They had a coach, and they had a show. And um, for those who didn't get on a team, because not everyone could be on a team, unfortunately... Um, there was a 10,000 hours jam, um, and that was, uh, normally on Sundays before the teams got to play. So it was Mm -hmm. fun. So you can just come in, you can play, you get put on some teams and you have an audience and you play with them. I mean, play for them. And then, uh, then the teams play. So we rotated that and Michelle did a beautiful job of like keeping that up to par. But of course, like her personal life, you know, got busy. And so I said, you know what, let me, let's shut it down in New York and let's bring it here. Um, I'm not the most business savvy person, so I'm always still learning. Um, and it's hard. It's hard <laughs> to juggle um, stuff like that. So I brought it here, and then Shelby Plummer over at IO was like, well, we can offer you rooms for free. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> even better. So now that actually cut the cost of students to have to pay. Mm-hmm. So we just put slapped $3 on it. And we also encourage those, if you cannot pay the $3, then just show up. Show up, at least check in. Mm Because we don't want people to feel bad about not being able to pay. If you can't pay, it's no big deal, because we've all had that. Mm -hmm. Like, $3 might be a lot to someone, and I get that. So, um, yeah. Is it on a drop-in basis, or do you have to sign up ahead of time? Uh, Yeah, you do sign up ahead of time. Um, We prefer that you do, but I normally will post on Facebook uh, the day of a session and be like, Oh, Hey, this is, um, uh, this practice session is available for drop-ins. And if you drop in, you just sign up at the box office. So for those in Chicago, that's kind of what it is. And we have a um, Facebook page. Um, there's also a, um, a link on my personal website and there's also a link on the IO, um, website. Yeah. And I'm looking to start that 10,000 hours jam, um, over at the annoyance. Because it's a community-based program, so I'm mm-hmm. not trying to keep it housed at one place. So I figured if we do the practice sessions at I.O., what if we did the jam at Annoyance, which would bring students, you know, because everyone goes everywhere. I don't yeah. mm-hmm. I don't think there's a lot of people who are like, I am only Second <laughs> City, I'm only I.O., which I think is bullshit. You should never be at one there. <laughs> um, so I'm hoping to, like, bring in more you know, 10K faces and new people to just jam with each other. Are you thinking maybe of starting the teams up again here in Chicago? I don't know. The thing is, like, I'm going to need, like, a lot of help. 
because now with me being on Torco, <laughs> it's like, ooh, my brain just fell apart thinking about it. But um, it's, yeah, because it's a lot of work and it I would just need like some people to help spearhead that. Um, I have a fantastic intern that the, the, sorry, the that IO has um, helped me get. So she's been fantastic. Her name's Claire. So she like does a lot of the little other work that I can't get to. And she has a regular, she has jobs too. So, you know, we're both busy gals. So we try to uh, communicate and work together as often as we can to make it work. So, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. It sounds like a lot of work. It does. <laughs> it is. But you know what? It's so worth it. It's so worth it when people are like excited to like just get some reps in. Because if yeah. you think about it, I mean, when I lived in New York, there seven days a week, there were jams at all. There were jams seven days a week. Wow. And that's what I came to Chicago used to. Mm-hmm. So when I came to Chicago, I got my little feelings hurt when I was like, wait, there's no jam here? Like, <sighs> it, there would be one, but I was used to seven days mm-hmm. a week of jams. Different types, anywhere. Like, you can go out and you could be out midnight, there'd be something. Hmm. Um, so, um, it, I just find it so hard to know that people spend their hard-earned money on classes, but they don't really have an opportunity to practice what they're learning. Mm -hmm. And that's all it is. That's all I want people Mm -hmm. to be able to do. I just, they need that supplemental. And a lot of people agree with that. And I do too. It's like, you know, when you have schoolwork, when you go to college and you, you know, you you don't sit in class all day, you have homework to do. And that's Mm -hmm. part of your homework is to practice. So. Yeah, yeah, classes are expensive, and you can't yeah. always be continually taking. Yeah, because mm-hmm. that doesn't make you get better. Mm-hmm. Aside from, because I'm I'm a teacher too, so mm-hmm. yeah, I know I tell my students go see shows. I, they'll hear that out my mouth all the time. Go see shows, but you know what? Sometimes you want to be that person, get those reps. So this is their opportunity to do that. That's awesome. That's so cool. Um, are they? Are they at, at certain regular times or do you just kind of announce them as they become available? No. So our set times right now are Wednesday through Friday from 5 to 7 mm-hmm. and then Saturdays from 10 a.m. to noon. Um, so a lot of them are right before either classes or um, shows. And um, I noticed that a lot of students will go right before their class, which is pretty dope. Mm-hmm. Um Nice little and then, warm up. Yeah, to the day. exactly, exactly. And if you go on Saturdays, it's right before the noon classes or the three o'clock classes at IO. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Now, which classes are you teaching at IO? And um, I teach level one at IO, um, and I teach AP two at Annoyance. Um, and both of those are being put on hold because of Torque. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so bad, but um, yeah, I love teaching. Uh, I. I I, I get once I when I teach I get very invested in my students and so there is a Facebook page if there if I've had any students um, they can join this Facebook page called Jules's Gems <laughs> and I try to keep all my gems together um, if you're a student of mine you're my gem um, <laughs> and I try to keep you up to date on if there's any auditions or if there's any jams or if we want if someone's doing a show we want to encourage um one of our other gems mm-hmm. to be able to uh you know get some folks and some faces and butts in those seats so uh yeah it's just a base it's a support group 
Yeah, I just I just don't want to like be like, hey, I was your teacher. Goodbye. <laughs> it's like, no, I want to like help you grow because if this is something you want to do, I want to be a part of that and see what I can do because I get. We all get notifications all the time. A lot of times we're like, how did you know that? Where did you get this information from? <laughs> so I want to be able to like be that person. Be like, here. I've had a couple people audition for things like comedy sports. And, you know, they audition. They know what it feels like. And it helps them. So I'm like, great. And I always mm-hmm. remind them, you're not, you may not get it the first time. Don't worry about that. Get in the room. Get See what that mm-hmm. feels like. Because if you try to put all your eggs in one basket and try to rev up for that one big audition, you're going to get your feelings hurt because you're, you, if you don't get it, that's it. Like your, your little plane's going to crash. <laughs> so just, just fail a lot. So that way, once you yeah, get those try reps to have in, fun while you're failing, right? Exactly. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. Keep going. <laughs> yes. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I saw somebody post that recently, or I was telling, talking to somebody about that. It was just like, keep just, <laughs> <laughs> Regardless of whatever happens, keep going. Yeah, don't uh, stop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I know um, you were a Bob Curry fellow this year. Yes. In fact, we both um, saw you perform. In oh, you the did? Big showcase. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was wonderful. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, like, um, what was that program like, and what was it? Was it what you expected going in? Uh, you know, I didn't really know what to expect, to be honest. Um, I knew that. Uh, all I knew is that you get put with a group of really other awesome, talented folks and you have to take um, uh, these classes, you know, twice a week, three mm-hmm. hours. Um, the process itself is, it's interesting because um, I feel like we were, uh, there's a lot of, I'm 38 years old. I'm, I'm loud and proud of 38 year old woman. Um, who probably doesn't look like she's 38, but who knows. Um, but I feel 38. Um, <laughs> uh, and so being put into a group of other, like, 20-year-olds and, you know, high energy. And some of them are, some of them have the mentality of people older than me, which is really nice. So there was just, like, this really chill <laughs> vibe. Um, and I'm a very chill person, very low-key. I don't like a lot of loud stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, every now and then I'll party and go wild. Um, that was even in my twenties too. So I was an old lady since I was 20. Um, <laughs> uh, but, uh, so it was a lot of personalities is what I'm saying. It's a lot of different personalities. Um, and you get to see the, there's so many people from different backgrounds and you get to see how they're, you get to learn about them, about their life and where they came from. Um, and throughout that entire, I think it's 10 weeks we were in there and we had a guest uh, speaker, quote unquote. Um, it was someone teaching us about the history of comedy or the history of Second City of themselves, um, how to, or just like an improv workshop. It was different workshops based on different things. And they were really fun. Um, I had very clear goals of what I wanted to get out of Bob Curry. Because at the time, I was working a full-time job. And so for me to leave on Tuesdays and Thursdays early was oh, like... that's right. It starts at 4 or Yeah. Early. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was like me asking a lot from my boss. But I was like, you know what? I'm going to get something out of this. So I'm going to really work hard. So I had a clear focus on what I wanted to do. And I, and I knew that Showcase was coming up. Mm-hmm. And so 
uh, Matt Hovde, he was pretty much our, our, our guide. He was always our, uh, Deanna runs like the program. Um, Matt was more of the face that we saw regularly. Um, and he, I mean, he's, I call him uncle Matt. He's like, so cool. He's great. He's just like, so smart and so experienced and so patient, but also very honest. And so the, the things that he kind of guided me through were very, very helpful. Um, and one thing I did learn is that you're always being watched. You're always mm-hmm. being watched. Um, that whole process. Like if you're on time, if you show up, if you do the work, if you're Focus. If you're dicking around, they see all that. And it's like, they're taking all this information and being like, okay, could we use these people? Like, like you have to always, and you don't know that once you're in it, you're making it sound like one long job interview. That's what it kind of is. Yeah. I mean, we, I mean, people got some really cool stuff out of Bob Curry. Um, I don't know what everyone got, but I do know that, for sure, we all got a chance to put up our, like, at least one thing of original content mm-hmm. um, and and just, like, put it in front of a group of people and just, like, shine, which has been, which was really, really cool. Um, the process was long, um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's just, I learned a lot about myself. Um, I haven't been put in a group with different personalities in a very long time. And so for me, it was like, it was challenging at times, but also like, you know, it, it, it forced me to accept a lot of things about myself and other people. Cause you know, I always remind myself, you can't change other people. You can only change yourself. So when things were just too much for me, I'd be like, you know what? Just chill Jules. Everybody here has good intentions. Like you have to just remind yourself of that. Um, cause everybody's so hyper and excited and, and wow. And I'm like, oh, I just want to be in bed. Just teach me this, <laughs> teach me this from my bed. <laughs> um, but oh no, uh, honestly it, it, but it was great. And so now I have a group of little brothers and sisters and, mm-hmm. um, and we stay connected and, and checking in on each other. And, um, and it's nice, it's nice to see everybody kind of come up and do, their own thing. Like everyone's journey is mm-hmm. so completely mm-hmm. different. And it's, and it's, I guess what you put into Bob Curry and you're going to get whatever you want out of it. If that makes mm-hmm. sense. If you really want it, you'll get, you'll get it out. Yeah. Cause I, I intentionally went in there. I was like, I want an agent mm-hmm. and that's all. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to get an agent. I'm going to kill the showcase. <laughs> and then after the showcase, it was like crickets. I was like, all right. I thought I did good. We thought you did good. We thought you did good. <laughs> well, and then, and then of course, I, I, uh, I, I talked to uh, Deanna in a one-on-one meeting uh, with her and Matt. And uh, she was just like, uh, she was like, mm, let me send an email. And I was like, oh, okay. And she did. And here we are. I got an agent, so I'm happy. Woo! <laughs> Like good. <laughs> what has that experience been like so far, having an agent now? Um, or is it still pretty new? It's still fairly new. I signed up with them like two Fridays ago. Mm-hmm. Um, still learning a lot on like 
like all these uh, uh, agent Hollywood terms, I, I'll say. So like, <laughs> like uh, first refusal. I'm like, what? And they're like, oh, that's a good thing. And I'm like, oh, because that sounds mean. <laughs> like you're on a first refusal for this gig. And I'm like, okay. Um, but it's been legal to me, (laughs) right? Yeah. It's, it's fancy. It's just fancy talk for basically being like, uh, they want you, but they don't want you type of thing. I don't Hmm. know. All I know is, (laughs) is, uh, it's, you know, it, they don't play around. Agencies don't play around. You know, you gotta respond to them in time and, and also communicate with them, Mm -hmm. communicate with them what you want. So, it's not just them looking up stuff. If I see something and I'm like, hey, I'm kind of interested in seeing if there's anything that they're auditioning for this. Can you look into that? Sure. Great. So it's nice. Yeah. But I'm also with a, a boutique agency. I'm with Vanessa Talent. So mm-hmm. they're, they're a smaller boutique, which is really nice. Um, mm-hmm. And they're all great gals over there. Really sweet. And um, Yeah. It's still new, so we'll see. What does that mean to be like a smaller boutique agency? Do you get more attention, do you think? Or? I don't I, You know what? I'm still learning. <laughs> I'm assuming a, from what it sounds like, the, yeah, they have a smaller pool of people that they kind of, you know, they don't take a lot of folks because they mm-hmm. need to focus on the ones that they have mm-hmm. um, as opposed to like bigger agencies. They got so many people in their database. They're just like, okay, great. We need uh, black women ages 20-something or 30-something. Great. Here's our pool of black women. <laughs> just send them on out. Um, like, oh, I don't know who this person is. I, I'm assuming. I, I, am not, I am not trying to say that's what it is. That's what I'm assuming. I have no idea. Um, it took me a long time. So to get an agent, so I have no idea how this works, but I just kind of roll with the punches. But I do know boutique definitely just means like smaller, intimate, sweet. Mm. So yeah, sweet, yeah, sweet, cute, sweet, right? Fun. Boutique. That's such a cute word. Yeah. <laughs> um, great. We're almost out of time, but okay. I also wanted to ask. Um, I. So I went to a Generation Latinx show recently, and they have a video sketch team. Yeah. Are you on their video sketch team? I'm not on the team. I'm actually just, uh, I coach from time to time. I haven't coached in a while because, of course, my schedule got busy. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, sometimes they'll, like, cast or ask people to be in the different sketches. So oh, cool. I think I was in, a, I think I was only in, like, one or two. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> Just like I like that they have a video sketch team that they incorporate in their shows. And oh yeah, it's like a unique Generation thing. Latinx is amazing. They're I wish I could be more involved with them. Um, they they're another you know underrepresented group. So they really. Mm-hmm. I went to the show last night to be honest, and it was so good and it was so fun. And they're and you learn so much. And I'm I'm half Puerto Rican and I'm half Black, and so. I learn a lot about my Latin side sometimes too when I'm mm-hmm. uh, watching a Generation Latinx show. Yeah, it's That's really cute. nice. How do you feel that you, um, that, um, how do I want to ask this? How do you feel that your identity as like a black and Puerto Rican woman comes into your comedy, if at all? Well, or if you um, incorporate it? 
in any ways. I do. I incorporate being a, a Black Rican, is what me and my sister call it ourselves, <laughs> Black Rican. Um, I do incorporate it. I, you know, I, I incorporate my background, my the way I was raised, more than I do like my the color of my skin, if that makes sense. And just mm-hmm. because, um, uh, you know, I'm Puerto Rican, but I don't speak fluent Spanish, and um, I can understand Spanish, but I can't really speak it back. Um, my grandfather would talk to me in Spanish um, quite a bit on purpose, um, and so just kind of forced me to <laughs> to know. <laughs> um, <laughs> But uh, I incorporate a lot of my being raised in Houston, Texas and growing up in the church. And I, uh, when you saw the, the Bob Curry showcase, mm-hmm. that was definitely <laughs> two of my favorite things. I love Star Wars and I used to love going to church. So uh, I was like, what would that be like to have a church on Star Wars? <laughs> a black gospel church. So, but also um, adding my voice on things that I'm very passionate about, which is social uh, social justice. You know, we have the police brutality of, um, you know, mostly, you know, black men. Um, of course, uh, people of all c- colors, I'll say, but definitely the focus on, you know, being pulled over and shot. And of course we know like that, that was just constantly in the news. So that was something that I get, that's something I'm very passionate and get very upset about. And I want to like, like let's dig into this more. So uh, what if this happened in the world of star Wars and it was a stormtrooper pulling me over. Um, so I layered it with that foolishness, but, um, but yeah, a lot of my background, I would say is just incorporated into my comedy, the way I was raised. Um, single parent. My mom was single parent. Um, my dad was a, a big part of my life, but from a distance, um, he still is. And he, he and I have a good relationship. Um, and I grew up in Houston getting made fun of all the time. I was bullied because I didn't speak like the other girls. And they always said I sound like a white girl. And so there was that part of my life that was like, <gasps> like, get me out of here. Um, so like I, I, so I'm very passionate about bullying and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and um, you know, anti-bullying, of course. Um, so, yeah, there's always just little bits and parts of me that I bring my voice and my opinion to, um, depending on what the situation calls for. Which is why I'm looking forward to like Torco, so I can maybe write a few things that hopefully can speak on it without mm-hmm. like being like too in your face, but also like. Here's an undercut, just so you know, like, like, this is my point of view. This is my voice. Um, Do you know where you're going to be traveling yet for Torco? Uh, in a couple of weeks, I'll be going to Michigan. And then after that, somewhere in Kansas. And then after that, Orlando. Mm. I know I said that so I can get to the Orlando part. <laughs> Very excited about Orlando. Um, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, I get to go to uh, Universal. Mm. Don't care for Disney World. Cool. I think we're about out of time. Okay. So, we're going to transition to our last segment. Okay. Epic. <laughs> um, anyway. Um, I think we sent you the prompt. Um, oh, I forgot. That's okay. Well, we... <laughs> <laughs> um, the prompt is if you could satirize um, some way that you felt um, marginalized in 
um, in comedy or in life? I haven't actually looked at the prompt in a long time. Um, how would you? <laughs> Your choice. <laughs> Dealer's choice. How would I satirize uh, a part of my life? Oh, oh Lord. <laughs> I didn't think about what does this. That I should have. Um, what does it inspire me to, to think of? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, what have I been passionate about lately? Um, I was really passionate lately. Well, there's so many things. That's like saying, picking <laughs> one favorite kid, uh, which is funny because I don't like any of these kids that I'm about to talk about. Um, uh, oh my goodness. Okay. Well, something that's been in the news recently that I should probably think about is like how, what's that girl's name? I've been following that Molly Tibbet story. Oh, yeah. Is that her name? Yeah. Molly Tibbet? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how basically the whole thing, I'm not going to talk about the immigration thing. Cause that's a, that's enough. That's bullshit. Um, it, it's basically the fact that this man got rejected by this girl. And so he killed her. Oh, I'm like what? Yeah. What? What? So, um, being super careful about how you, um, reject men, like I've been super, like I've been super cautious. I'll be like, I have to like come up with ways of things to say, like when someone's trying to either hit on me or want to have a conversation. I'm like, mm-hmm. I can't be rude because you might try to kill me. Mm. Like that's how I have to think now. Well, yeah. not even now. I've been thinking like that for a long time because people get very violent. So like my whole thing lately was been like, uh, no, thank you. Have a good day. <laughs> <laughs> Super polite route. I know. I have to say, um, like one guy was like, uh, he's like, so how's your day? I go, no, thank you. Have a good day. (laughs) (laughs) What did he say? (laughs) Nothing. I walked away. Ah, good. I was like, no, thank you. Have a good day. (laughs) It's like the most freaking beauty queen response. Yeah. (laughs) Lights up. Oh, so how was that date last night? It was okay. He was just a little bit, um, I don't know, not my type, but <laughs> he was. It was okay. He's not really my type, but um. So you're not gonna see him again? No. No, I'm okay. No. Yeah. Anywho, but he did get a little upset when I told him I wasn't interested in seeing him again. Oh, no. Yes. So annoying. But I have to be careful because, you know. Mm-hmm. 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 What's like- up, ladies? How are you? Looking good. Oh, hey, no. want to go out with me Saturday night? No, thank you. Have a good day. No, no thank you. What? <laughs> Marsha, you don't have to be scared of guys anymore. The thing is, is that it seems like the reason why they get upset when you reject them is because you're not polite. Just be polite. I try to be polite. I do. (laughs) Hey, come to this uh, number five club. Here's some pamphlets. Take them. We don't want your stinking pamphlets. No, thank you. Have a good day. 
See, that's all it takes. You didn't have to be so scared. Anyway, I'm going to go to the mall later because I really need to pick up a new pair of shoes because I'm going to go out clubbing. It's going to be so fun. Ladies, free samples? Um, Would you ladies like some free samples? No, thank you. Have a good day. That guy was totally hitting on me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I can't go anywhere without guys approaching me. (laughs) Girls, girls, wait, wait. I think you dropped something. Girls, hey, come back. No, thank you. Have a good day. Your coat. No, thank you. Have a good day. What am I supposed to do with this coat? No, thank you. Have a good day. See? You're so polite. Yeah, and then I don't have to worry about getting my head chopped off. And blackout. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you can check out my website at uh, www.callmejules.com. Jules, J-U-L-E-S, not the other way. Um, <laughs> not any other way. Um, uh, you can check me out at Fishbowl on Thursdays at The Annoyance at 9.30. I'll be playing with Silent Scene, which is one of my favorite teams to play with. Um, I'm on Duchess, which is a Herald team over at I.O., and we play... Uh, fairly often just there's never really a set time or day that we play so you can check out uh, ioimprof.com and um i'm also in dysfunctional family affair uh which is a show on the weekends at second city at four o'clock on saturdays and sundays and then the after hours late night comedy show at second city at 11 p.m uh on fridays and saturdays so but um that's a rotating schedule, so just check out my website for, for dates and times. Oh, you're you very busy. busy. <laughs> yes, and that's I didn't even tell you all my stuff. <laughs> Guys, <laughs> you're doing it though. <laughs> I'm doing something. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much again. Yes, Thank you. This has been a Neighbor Inc. podcast. Go to neighborinc.com for more details. Follow Riff Raff Revolution on social media at r underscore r underscore revolution because they couldn't get a more convenient handle. This episode was edited by Jacob Duffy Hallblythe and Dominic Guanzi. This episode was produced by Perry Hunt and Laura Leland. Tune in next week for an interview with Abandon. Bye. 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 Ma'am, you didn't answer the question. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. Have a good day. So, so, uh, (laughs) that's just been my thing lately. Um, so if I could satirize, it would be like, uh, just me trying to, me getting approached by different guys and just, that's always the response. (laughs) It's like, Hey kiddo, how was your day? No, thank you. Have a good day. (laughs) All right. Like, ma'am, would you like sprinkles on your ice cream? No, thank you. Have a good day. <laughs> ma'am, I'm giving you a ticket for uh, your 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 lights out. No, thank you. Have a good day. <laughs> like, just consistent. Like, I just don't want to get killed. That sounds, yeah. that sounds good, actually. <laughs> I think it'd be funnier if it's Multiple a bunch tears. of different... Dudes coming up and saying different things. (laughs) No, thank you. Have a good day. (laughs) Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. Yep. Yeah, I've been to Harry Potter World twice already. He's like, oh, I know what that is. I know what that is.
Uh, get there. I've been to Harry Potter World twice for free. Uh, just because I... Oh, when you're on the ships, people um, tend to know. You, people, you know who the dancers and stuff like that are. They know people, or they are people that have worked on in these um, places. So they give you free tickets. Oh, I've gone twice, yes. and I've never seen the first Harry Potter movie at all. <gasps> <laughs> and the funny thing is, I knew what everything was. I knew what everything was. I I, I keep up. I catch up. I had Butterbeer. You know, I got him a Hogwarts Express, and you know, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Next time I go, I'm gonna pick get my wand picked for me. Oh yeah, please. I know a thing or two. I know a thing, but I still need to read the books and watch the movies. I have the movies. I have them. I just have not you yet. Own them? Yes. You watch them I've yet to open up one and put it in and watch it. I am that person, but um, I get to brag that I've been there twice. So yeah, it's over. <laughs> 